From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you are listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Email Edition for June 19th, 2008. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week, as always, by my good friends, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In the peanut gallery is Walter, my partner, and joining us at the table for, uh, for this uh, segment is uh, Will Perry. He's been brought up from the kids' table to sit at the adults' table. Yeah, I'm here. We're going to make him read an email and then try and answer it. Watch him. Watch his head, head, watch his head explode. So you know, um, now we we wanted to do a stump the roundtable in the uh, in the discussion show uh, for this week and didn't get to it. So I thought I would do it at the beginning of this show before we get started with the voicemails. And uh, basically, the idea here is to see how uh, how up on current popular music the roundtable is. Okay, so we you know we've got some younger folks. We've got some of us that are. A little bit older, may not be following uh, all the current trends in music. I know I don't know who ninety nine percent of the people on this list are, but um, as of this morning, what were the top ten songs? Top ten songs on iTunes. I know number one is me too. Still bleeding or cut bleeding? Or what's that song? Bleeding love. Bleeding love by who? Uh, uh, the one that Simon Cowell found. I'm, I'm, oh, the English girl. I would say well, that you are correct. Bleeding Love is on the list. It is not number one. There's it's, one by Coldplay. I was going to say Vita La, Viva La Viva. Okay, that is correct. That is number one. Believe it or not, New Kids on the Block. I would think. Uh, no. Rihanna, take a bow. Correct. Is there one from Chris Brown? Yes, there is. Madonna and Justin Timberlake. What, what is it though? God, he has oh, so it's many. The new one. There's a new. One. I just heard it in the car coming here. William? Uh, um, Anything, Will? Me neither. Madonna and, yeah, Four Minutes with Justin Timberlake. Correct. Um, Did you say Rihanna? I didn't say anything. I have no idea. (laughs) Wait a minute. I'm thinking. Is there one by Rihanna? cheating on your iPhone over there? (laughs) (laughs) No cheating. (laughs) Kevin is disqualified. Three demerits. (laughs) Um, yes, there is one from Rihanna, but I want names. I kissed Take a girl a from Katy Perry. Yeah, uh, no. Miley Cyrus. No, oh, she dropped. Did no. She? I've never been on iTunes, so I really have no idea. I'm just trying to go through my head of songs. Is there one on from Little Wayne? See, I don't listen to the radio, so I, I would have no idea. I listen to whatever Corey plays in the house. How many did we get? Like six? You've gotten like six. There are four on here you don't have. Okay, hang on a second. Hello, what are the genres? What are the genres that we didn't get? The, I don't know what the genres are. It's if just it's these are the top ten, ten songs pop, on iTunes. Oh, so it could be anything. Uh, is Daughtry, Daughtry still on? I know he's, no, he's not. He's got a top album, though, still. These are top songs. Songs. I'm trying to do my figure in here. I'm using logic. Hmm. I don't know the rest of it. Is Carrie Underwood on there? No. Uh, no. <laughs> Hang on, I'm still thinking. Who's the guy who won American Idol this year? Yeah, he's he a song on there. David. David, David Cook. Cook. David Cook. No. 
to start. You, you, Corey's just going to start naming artists. Why not? <laughs> is number one still Coldplay? Yes, it is. All right, here they are. Number ten, Four Minutes by Madonna and Justin Timberlake. Madonna. Number nine is Bleeding Love by Leona Lewis. Number eight, When I Grow Up by the Pussycat Dolls. Oh, good God. Number seven, Leaving <laughs> by Jesse McCartney. Six is Forever by Chris Brown. Five is Take a Bow by Rihanna. Four is Pocket Full of Sunshine by Natasha, Natasha Bedingfield. Bedingfield. Number three is Shake It, but I don't have the artist's name next to it. I don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, two is I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. We said that, and you said no. No, he said, no, he yes. said yes. Oh. And number one, uh, Viva La Vida by Coldplay. I have to say, I'm rather impressed. You guys were a lot more up on it than I was. You didn't know nothing. Yeah, I, did. I don't listen to any of that. Well, I didn't either. I'm, I'm shocked, though. I mean, you're, you know, this is your age group. You should 40 know year old gay man, you know where I knew, to pop music. I knew Coldplay because I read their review on People and it was really good, and Corey told me, but that was it. <laughs> I like the song. I do too. We have very limited radio here in Orlando, so you've pretty much got three. That's top, a really nice way of saying the radio in Orlando sucks. It does. Yeah. It really sucks. So you've got pretty much three top 40 stations, and then you've got talk radio. So It's always the iPod for me. I never listen to the radio, so new music I'm really not up on unless Corey likes the song. I was scrolling <laughs> through the list a few, a few weeks ago, and I saw New Kids on a Block on there. I'm like, what? But I guess they're, they're back. 40 year old men. Summertime. <laughs> making dancing music videos. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's a little sad. That's not a joke. No, no. it's not a joke. No, New Kids in the Block. NKOB is back. Yep. <laughs> NKOTB. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and get started then with our, uh, with our email show. Just wanted to see how you guys uh, fared on, uh, on that. You did six out of 10. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right, our first voicemail is going to come to us today from Joe, who goes by the name Disney Sarge on the uh, on the boards. You might remember Joe from a few months back. He sent us in a voicemail telling us that while he's on patrol overnight in his squad car, he listens listens to the show. That's right. He listens to us while he beats up on felons. That's right. <laughs> so here is Joe. Hey, crew. It's Joe, Disney Sarge on the boards. And I'm just sitting soaked in Illinois in my squad car with this wonderful twister weather, uh, listening to the podcast. And you know what? It reminds me when I was a kid waiting for Disney World Inside Out to come on to watch it with my parents. So you guys mean a lot to me. And uh, Pete, I'm trying to give you a siren for your uh, little toolbox there. Hold on. <laughs> All right, now cool. let me get he just scared the heck out of somebody. You know it. You know it. Somebody, I wasn't speeding. <laughs> somebody driving past him just slammed on the brakes. <laughs> Have a great week, guys. Talk to you later. Well, thanks very much, Joe, for calling in. We appreciate that. And just stay safe out there. It's bad enough you have to work as a... I don't mean derogatorily. It's bad enough you have to work as a cop just for the sorts of things you have to put up with being a cop. But then on top of that, with the flooding and the, and the storms and stuff, I know your job cannot be an easy one. So if we can... Bring a little, uh, a little levity to your uh, little enjoyment to your your night, and more than happy to do it. And glad we can help. So it will be cool when our listeners can talk back. You know, yeah, that That'll will be fun. We're actually going to be doing that in the next couple of weeks. We will be doing the uh, uh, the talk back segment. Um, just want to test the equipment out a little bit more. Got to work some things out with the phone lines, but 
Yeah, we're going to be doing that soon, too. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'll tell you, one of the podcast cruises will be given out during a segment, just like one of those seg- on one of those segments, on one of the talkback segments. I will give away a podcast cruise to someone who calls in. So we can hear them scream. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm still not sure how I'm giving away the podcast cruises. There, are, there will be hoops that have to be jumped through. Send Ed McMahon to the house. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ed McMahon's trying to save his own I house. know, I saw that. Ed McMahon would take the cruise and sell it. He's cashing them checks, you know. So, all right, who has an email they'd like to read? I do. Mine comes from Jeremy Plumley in Germantown, Maryland. And Jeremy says... I would love to hear from Pete, Julie, John, and Corey, as well as Kevin. How would you compare the food on the cruise to the better restaurants on Disney property? How does Palo stack up? You all seem to have similar culinary tastes as my wife and I, and we'd love to hear about the food on board. Hmm. Just curious. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Interesting question. Interesting question. Well, I'll take a stab at it first, if you don't mind. I don't mind. Um, Palo... For the most part, I think Palo stacks up very nicely against Disney's signature restaurants. Part of what makes Palo special, though, is the view, where you are, the ambiance. The food is terrific, don't get me wrong, and I think it absolutely could stand on its own. As far as the rest of the food on the ship, it's not bad, but the dining rooms like Lumiere's and and Parrot Key and Animator's Palette do not stack up to the signature restaurants at Walt Disney World. Um, and part of the reason for that is that these meals are prepared very differently. You're seating eight or 900 people at once, and you have to serve eight or 900 dinners basically on the same schedule. Very tough to do, as opposed to a regular restaurant where everything is basically cooked to order. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily the case. So the food is good. Would I say it compares to Disney's signature restaurants? No, um, with the exception of Palo. As far as you know, comparing it to other Disney restaurants, yeah, well, it's just, it's just it's a very different experience. It is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, one of the things that I'm always surprised about is that the Palo reservations that disappear first are for seven thirty, eight thirty, nine o'clock that time frame, and. I agree with you. One of the best parts of eating in Palo is the sort of 180-degree view of the, the water. My, the, the part that always puzzles me is if you go after the sunsets, all you're really seeing is yourself. It's black, yeah. Because what happens is there's a perimeter of lights around Palo. And there are bright lights inside, and you're looking out at a dark ocean. So what's happening is you're seeing your own reflection. There is no view. We, whenever we try and get Palo reservations, I shouldn't tell people this. <laughs> You're giving away our secrets. Is we always try and get a six o'clock reservation. The sun is still out. You get to see where you are. I think it's a great exactly. That's a good point. The other thing about Palo is the unparalleled service. Where the service is good throughout the ship, this is personalized yeah. service. This is. It's almost like being coddled. You, you want to try another something else? Why don't you get three entrees? Why don't you have four desserts? Oh, you don't want four desserts? Well, I'm going to bring you four desserts anyway. It's always this, let me see whatever. I will jump through any hoop to make you happy. And that's kind of nice. Yeah. It's a very nice thing. Oh, the service is outstanding. You're right. Um, personally, I find dinner on the Disney cruise, I know this is a blasphemy, I find it 
it needs to be overhauled. It is like what you say. There are, they are serving 900, seating 900 people at a time, so it's very wedding reception as far as I'm concerned. It's wedding reception food is what you're getting. And I find other cruise lines who have the, the option of either freestyle dining or always having the option of a buffet to be – I prefer that. I know that on the seven-night cruise, they do open up the buffet upstairs uh, uh, most nights for people, but it's a limited um, it's a limited time frame. And the other thing is it's it's not really a buffet. It's just more of a casual restaurant. When I'm on vacation, I like the option of leaving my T-shirt and my shorts on and eating whatever I want. Right. Dinner on a Disney cruise is a more structured affair. It involves usually coming from the pool or an excursion or being on an island or someplace, changing your clothes, going to dinner, and then a show. And that's great if that's what you want to do. However, if you're one of those people that when you're on vacation, T-shirt and shorts are the way you want to stay all day, Oh yeah, I like the option of having... Well, you see, yeah, that's what Walter and I do when we're on the cruise, on the Disney cruise, is, you know, topsiders or beach blanket, depending on which ship you're on, um, is open for dinner. And you're right, it's not a buffet, but what they do is they have a selection of, of dishes from all of the restaurants on the ship. You know, they take two or three from each one. And you can, you know, and they have them all lined up there. You can see what they are, and you can you can choose what you want. Uh, and it's the kind of place, yeah, I'm not going to feel comfortable going in shorts into Animator's Palette. No, I, I agree. Um, but I'm, I'm fine with it up at uh, Beach Blanket. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a nice alternative. It, it is. really is, and the food—the food, you know—I don't know that I would say wedding reception food. It's a, a notch or two above that, but it's definitely in that realm. Oh, I wasn't—I wasn't making that as a quality. I was talking. That's how it's served. I mean, when you go to a, a large function, mm-hmm. right? The food all comes out at one time, right. so it's not the individual. I apologize if that's the impression I gave. I wasn't. Yeah, I've been to some weddings with some pretty good food. Oh yeah, yeah, I have too. Yeah, and I think it's more of that style. Mm. It's um, a it's much a- more structured affair. And again, the, a function of how they have to serve it and how they have to prepare it is is a step down in quality. Right. So it's just you have to expect that when you go. But I agree with both what both of you said. I mean, Palo's great. I love Palo. The other restaurants, it's one of the reasons why we choose other cruise lines. Correct. Because we don't like that structured eating, and we don't particularly want to go to the restaurants. I don't know. I love I love my Disney cruises. Me it's, too. It's tough for me to compare uh, cruise and land because I eat completely different on the cruise. I'm an absolute pig. I mean, every night for dinner, I'm doing two entrees. It's, it's more of a... You know, quantity for me. Like, it's, <laughs> it's actually funny with a cruise with us. We eat better on a cruise than we do at home, right. because if we go to the buffet, we'll make better choices because yeah. it's there, right? And someone's taking the time to put it out there. We're Someone else has cooked broccoli, <laughs> right? Right. For us, you know, a burger's easier at home, so we actually eat better on a cruise. I enjoy Palo, of course, service food. All, everything, but I'm also the kind of person like I enjoy getting dressed up for dinner because we don't do it very much at home, and you know I have dresses in my closet that are just sitting there, hanging there, whatever, and I enjoy it. I think Corey does too sometimes. And then um, I've never had a really bad meal on the Disney Cruise Line ever. You know, I mean normally I enjoy my dessert very much, um, but I don't have any complaints. Even you know eating at like Goofy's Galley or places like that, uh, that's fine with me. See, that's what I think. That's wonderful. I love the fact that you. I, one of my favorite things to do is sit in the lobby or the atrium and watch the people who have gotten dressed up. I think having that option of 
being able to have either. Right. Is what I miss when I go on the Disney cruise because I want to be able to. Uh, John and I are. Do you want to eat at four thirty or do you want to eat at nine thirty? It's go- all going to depend on what's going on. So I, I like the flexibility of being able to choose when mm-hmm. and not stopping what I'm doing to run back and take a shower and put on different clothes. But again, if that's something that you love, I think it's great that you have the ability to do that. And I just see, I'm also like- a planner. Like if I know dinner's at eight forty-five, then I'm going to plan everything else around that and make sure I'm in the shower at seven and can relax and shower and not be rushed. See, too many of my days are like that. That when I'm on vacation, I kind of want the unstructured. Right. Cool. I hope that answers your question. I hope Jeremy. so too. Well, thank you, Jeremy, for the question. Thank you, Kevin. All right, we have another uh, voicemail to play for you from Simon, who is 14 years old, and he is the family's designated Disney trip planner. So here is Simon. Hi, podcast team. This is Simon Kadusik, Simon Kadusik on the Diz, and I'm a 14-year-old Disney obsessive. Because of this, my parents leave almost all of our Disney travel decisions up to me. I plan nearly everything on our most recent visit in July of 2007 at the Polynesian, and left them with the wonderful task of picking up the tab. The tips and touring information that I gathered from the Diz really helped our vacation go smoothly, considering we were with my nitpicking grandmother, who wanted to stay in the room and sleep all day, which was not that great. Anyway, my parents have decided that in July of next year, we should take another vacation to Disney World. Since it will be one of our last Disney vacations as a family, um, we have decided to upgrade our room to the concierge level. We are a family of four, my 11-year-old brother, me, and my two 50-something parents. We are not heavy eaters, but all enjoy good food, which, from what I have read, is included in increments throughout the day by staying in a concierge-level room. My mom, dad, and I all eat light breakfast and occasional snacks. Okay, fine. I snack like crazy. My brother, on the other hand, is very picky and will only eat select foods. Corn dogs, mac and cheese, chicken tenders, french fries and basically anything else you can find at the bottom of a deep fryer, which is kind of gross. We are also interested in what the concierge will be able to do about ADRs and show tickets. Um, my dad wants to see Cirque du Soleil's Lanuba in downtown Disney. Will they be able to accommodate us in this way, or would it be better to make these reservations ourselves? Since we are going to book through Dreams Unlimited, I know that ADRs, show tickets, and such can be done there as well. We are still stumped on the actual resort decision. Our choices have been narrowed down to the Beach Club and the Polynesian. Our favorite park is Epcot, which would be the most accessible from the Beach Club. But we absolutely love being on the monorail line and within close walking distance of the Ticket and Transportation Center at the Polynesian. Which resort do you all think would work better for our family's wants and needs? I also have a question about the Wishes Cruise. Having almost every episode of the Diz Unplugged on my iPod, I came across the show in August of 2007, um, I think, explaining your experience on the Wishes Cruise. It sounds like something that we would really enjoy doing as a family. Because the show was recorded in 2007, I have absolutely no idea of the price and what is currently included. If you could just elaborate a bit more, it would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much for all your time and effort you put into the Diz Unplugged. I love the podcast and will continue to be a listener unless you choose to add background music. <laughs> Sean. Um, and yeah. Okay, thanks so much. Bye. Well, thank you very much for uh, 
for calling in, Simon. First of all, let me say, you don't sound 14. No. Simon, no. Simon's very well-spoken. Yeah. Well spoken, very 14. mature. Yeah. I've also seen Simon post on the boards. He posts much older, too. Yeah. Well, um, all right. As far as uh, choosing between concierge, beach club versus poly, for me, this is easy. I'd have to go with poly. Agreed. Um, and here's why. Uh, first, the Polynesian is either the only one or one of the only concierge lounges on property that actually has its own kitchen. And they tend to make, uh, I think, better, especially at dinner time. Uh, the food they put out tends to be better and a, a, lot, more, a, a lot more dinner-esque than what you're going to get at some of the other ones. Plus, you can watch the Magic Kingdom fireworks from that lounge. They lower the lights. They pump the music in. Not an experience you can get at the beach club. My personal preference, I would have to, I would really have, and I love the lounge at the beach club, but if you have to choose between Polly or Beach, I would definitely go with Polly. Um, As for the Wishes Cruise, I think our information on the site should still be accurate. We'll we'll, uh, include a link on the show notes page to what we have on the Diz, but uh, you have a variety of different... uh, Wishes cruises that you can uh, that you can do. I'm not going to go through all of them. Like I said, I'll have a link on the show notes page. But you've got some that are two hundred and thirty nine dollars, two hundred ninety two dollars, two hundred sixty six dollars. Uh, there's all sorts of things you can do on these cruises, and uh, have celebrations. They'll bring cake and snacks and all sorts of stuff on for you. Um, but uh, highly, I highly recommend um, the Wishes cruise. And if your family really wants to splurge, if you know concierge isn't isn't expensive enough, they can always uh, do a, a you can always do the fireworks cruise on the uh, the Grand One, the yacht at the Grand Floridian. Um, that's uh, four hundred eighty dollars an hour for that. Uh, that's if Simon doesn't want to go to college. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, I want to just add too. They, uh, Simon mentioned that they're going to book through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Uh, your agent with Dreams Unlimited Travel will work closely with the concierge desk at the resort to make sure all of your ADRs and your um, special tickets and all that are purchased appropriately and all that's done. The two will work hand-in-hand. It's not an either-or type of thing. And as far as doing your stuff in advance, you always want to try to do your ADRs in advance to, to get exactly what you want. The concierge desk does have a few more ins. So they'll be able to make a call and get you something that may be a little bit more difficult if you're trying to book too close. I would book Lanuba further out just to make sure you get the seat you want. Yeah. Don't take the risk of being there and then having to be in a seat that's not exactly what your family wants. It sounds like your folks are spending a lot of money on this trip. Get everything you can out of it. Do out of them. <laughs> out of them. <laughs> uh, do as much upfront work as you as you can. As far as your brother eating in the concierge lounge, any lounge I've ever been into, been in, will have choices for kids. Oh yeah, we'll have chicken fingers, we'll have hot dogs and in, in a blanket, that type of thing. So I wouldn't be too worried about him eating. Oh yeah, there'll be plenty, there'll be plenty of snacks throughout the day. Um, there's going to be plenty of food there for your for your brother. Believe me, uh, like, like John said, there's no shortage of chicken fingers and things of the like on Disney property. So you should not have a problem. But thank you very much for. Uh, calling in simon simon i think it's great that you're doing the planning for your entire family so i'm going to say hi simon and hi anthony there you go all right who else has a, an email they'd like to read i do 
Mrs. Martin. You guys are raising your hands. That's too slow. (laughs) (laughs) Mine's from Katie in Indianapolis, the land of Will. I'm new to the podcast, just put about eight hours on my iPod, and I plan on listening to all eight today at work. This was Monday, June 9th. (laughs) She must have been having a pretty bad Monday. (laughs) My husband and I are going to Walt Disney World in September for our seventh anniversary. We'll be staying at the Beach Club. We usually stay at the All-Star, but we decided to splurge. And we're totally excited about free dining. Thanks for the podcast. I already know that I'll be a regular subscriber. My question is, would you do Lanuba or the Halloween party? Oh, Halloween party, hands down. <laughs> Lanuba. See, I was thinking it's their anniversary. Both. So I was thinking both or Lanuba. The Halloween party, I mean, it's fun, but... You know, if you're trying to be a little more romantic and do something, it's just the two of you. Go see a bunch of pretentious, freaky French clowns. It's a good show. Dancing around in tights. It's a really good show. Uh It's popular for a reason. I am the only person on the planet who hates it. So just take that, keep that into account. The other thing is a lot of the experiences that you'll get at the Halloween party can be had during the day. Right. You won't get all of them. There's different experiences at night. The kids are all dressed up. You can trick or treat. There are dance parties and decorations. A different parade. A a different parade. However, La Nuba is a wildly different experience Mm -hmm. than the parks. Yeah, Walter liked La Nuba. You like La Nuba, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it really just depends on what kind of people you are. I mean, if you're the type of adults who want to get dressed up and go to the Halloween party, then do it. You know, whatever floats your boat, as I like to say. But La Nuba is definitely something to see. If you can afford to do both, I would do both. It's also nice to walk around the whole downtown Disney area, like West Side, through Pleasure Island, through the Marketplace. You don't have to go to La Nuba to do that, though. No, but I mean, before or after the show, I mean, they can make a whole night out of it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to go right from my car to the place I'm going to, and then <laughs> <laughs> looking down the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> See, they don't want music. I see. I, I don't want background music. I want a theme song. I'm thinking like Rocky. No. <laughs> there you go. You this is your theme song. You have picked the gayest music for me. <laughs> well, that was the whole idea. Oh, man. Happy see John dreamy, happy, relaxing in his happy bubble dr- bath. Happy dreamy, love everybody music. What, what, what's more perfect for you? Exactly. I specifically went for that kind of music. I can come up with other stuff. Believe me. I'll, you you want other stuff? Well, I'll give you other stuff. We'll have something new every week. He wants erasure. I would love erasure. No, nothing I have to pay royalties on. <laughs> this is all royalty free. Everything I have here well, is royalty free. I can't believe someone doesn't want to be paid for, paid for the harp music. <laughs> well, it's like Grand Theft Auto uses royalty free too, doesn't That's it? That's crazy. Yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah, well, we, we heard that, yeah, Grand Theft Auto, they, they, somebody heard the uh, Unplugged music, there's Unplugged music. I tried looking. In Grand Theft I Auto. Game. I sat there. stole it from us. It is, it's, in, it's royalty free, it's in the public domain. What I understand is you walk into a room and it's playing on the TV in the room, is that what they say? It's like your, your house, you know, your little safe spot and you have a TV in there and whatever, you can sit there and watch these fake commercials that they've made for the game, but... There's so many. I, I couldn't I couldn't find it. I sat there for about 20 minutes, and that, that's enough. Complete opposite Well, and I have nothing in common. <laughs> <laughs> Except the right to trial by jury and the fact that we both breathe oxygen. He likes cars. You don't. <laughs> like video Unless games. Unless it's a dream cruiser. You don't. Will He's a man. Girls, you're you a woman. <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing in common. Like you said, nothing in common. That's good, though. You get a range of, you know. There you go. 
All right. Well, thank you very much. Did we answer a question? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Julie. I have one. Go ahead, John. He's not going to wait to be asked. <laughs> I'm not going to raise my hand. <laughs> Isn't it very Donna Summer, though? It's the beginning of that song. No. It's First of all, it's Gloria Gaynor. Oh, Gloria Gaynor. It sounds like the harp from Jack and the Beanstalk to me. It is a harp. I don't know if it's from Jack and the Beanstalk. It's like a little Rorschach, Rorschach test. I can't speak. Rorschach. Rorschach test. This is from Amanda in Augusta, West Virginia. Hi, podcast crew. This is for Will. Well, I found some old car parts, and I'd like to make some furniture out of it. No, Burn, that was good. <laughs> okay. It actually is from Amanda in Augusta, West Virginia, and she writes: uh, These questions are for Pete or John. My husband really wants to take a cruise, and I'm trying to talk him into the podcast cruise next May. I am somewhat apprehensive about cruising because I get motion sick rather easily. I want to know if you or anyone else suffered from the same malady and what you did to, pre- to prevent it. Second question, how much longer do I have to book for the podcast cruise and are there any cabins left? Thirdly, this would be my very first cruise ever and I understand that there is a new law concerning passports. Would you be able to shed some light on my ignorance? Uh, lastly, anything else I would need to know regarding first-time cruising? Uh, Amanda, I personally get a little... Uh, motion sickness the very first night of the cruise. It takes me a little time to get my sea legs, quote-unquote. I use an over-the-counter product called Bonine. If you take it as a preventative measure, then you won't get sick. Um, And it's very mild, and it does not interact with alcohol or anything else, so you should be pretty safe with that. It doesn't make you drowsy either. It's a non-drowsy formula. It's it's all about, you know, you personally have to figure out how you're going to react to it, but these ships are huge ships. They take every precaution to make sure that there's minimal movement on them. So I think you're going to do fine. I don't think you're going to get seasick. Go and have a good time. Um, are there any cabins left? Uh, plenty of cabins. Yeah, plenty of cabins left. We have a whole bunch we've held in group space. Uh, we advise people not waiting too much longer, specifically because there are things that are affecting the price of the cruise that are out of our control. Disney's fuel supplement because of the increase in fuel prices right. is going to is going to affect your cruise price. In addition, John's appearance fee is going up. That's right. <laughs> now that I have to pay the harpist <laughs> to follow me around. Yeah, really. She's walking around in the cruise. <laughs> getting out of the bathtub. Um we have held a bunch of state rooms in group space. Just because we are held, have held a stateroom doesn't mean that there's going to be availability because of other things. We've talked about this on other uh, podcasts. Things like the children's programming could sell out. Things like your um, lifeboat station could sell out. So you may be limited in what staterooms you could book. So if you can, try to book it now. Don't wait. Uh, it's just a minimal down payment. We'll hold your stateroom and guarantee a spot on that cruise. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the passport thing, Kevin? Yes. Um, currently, if you are, they've changed the rules yet again. Currently, you can go with a birth certificate and your photo ID, your your driver's license. That's for cruises where you leave. If you're a U.S. citizen, you if you leave 
if you depart and return to a U.S. port, to you the do same not U.S. port. Right, you do not need a passport. For instance, as a U.S. citizen, if you were going to take a cruise from the United States to Europe, you are going to need a passport. Because of the for the four night cruises going to the Bahamas, you will still be okay with your driver's license and a birth certificate. Now, the caveat to all of this is if something were to happen where you needed to fly home from the Bahamas or any cruise that you take, there's a possibility of running into some red tape if you don't have a passport. You might have trouble re-entering the United States. I'm sure if it's a medical emergency, Disney would be happy to help you. But we always recommend that to be on the safe side, people get a passport. Currently, the law states that you do you are not required to have one. So, having a passport is going to make your travel so much easier. Yeah, you're you're looking at May of 2009. There's not that rush to get passports anymore, so you don't really have to worry about. You know, how long is it going to take? I suggest getting one. I know it's an added expense for many people, but if you ever plan to travel anywhere else, it's really going to be And they're good for 10 years. Exactly. Something else I would like to recommend to Amanda, on the Diz Unplugged boards, there's a a sticky thread at the top of the page where people are discussing the podcast crews. Tracy and myself are answering as many questions as we can for people there. If you want to go take a look through that thread, first of all, there's some great people having some fun conversations, but there's a lot of information to be had there as well. Great. Well, we hope you can join us. We hope you're successful in talking your husband into it. You know, worst case scenario, you just start threatening him. I'll divorce you if we don't go. (laughs) I'll I'll take the children. I'll I'll make you listen to harp music. I'll have my mother move in with us. With all the affection. With old affection. <laughs> awful. <laughs> That's code. <laughs> so, well, good luck with that. Good luck with that. We have another voicemail coming to us from Cheryl, uh, speaking of cruises, uh, who just um, got back from the, or when she recorded this, she had just gotten back from the westbound repositioning cruise from Disney Cruise Line. So. She has some stuff to tell us about that. Big doot or something? Nope. <laughs> Not on that bank. Wow, that's some review. <laughs> that's some review. <laughs> Sorry about that. Here's Cheryl. Hi, this is Michelle. Her name's Michelle? Yeah. I'm calling her Cheryl. Sorry, Cheryl. Michelle. Maybe it's Cheryl for short. Hey, guys. How you doing? Um, listen, just want to let you know a couple of things. First of all, as a semi-lifetime member of uh, the state of New Jersey, got to let you know, Pete, it might be, um, the tolls aren't as bad as you think they are. Um, they're still high, but I'll just know. Um, but they took out the toll lanes going one way down so that you don't have too much traffic going down the shore. They're just charging you the other way. That explains the $1.25. Um, that's why I left Jersey, and now I live in upstate New York. The other thing I want to let you know is I just got off the Panama Canal repositioning cruise which was a phenomenal cruise. Everybody there, hi guys from the Ship of Thieves uh, thread. We had a wonderful time together. And just to let you know that there were over 400 members of the Diz Force on that cruise. And we all had a blast and we all met everybody through the Ship of Thieves thread over on the Disney Cruise Line part of the Diz Force. And we had a really great time and we thank you for letting us meet each other all together on the Diz Force. Thanks much and... Uh, Love you guys, and uh, listen to you all the time. Bye. Oh, hi, Anthony. (laughs) 
Well, thanks very much for that, uh, Michelle. I'll tell you, it's the, the, well, first of all, there's a, a ton of threads started on, on the cruise board about, uh, you know, people get, you know, setting up meets and whatnot. Each for the sale date, pretty much. For virtually every sale date that's out there. And, uh, yeah, we know that, uh, you know, an awful lot of dizzers end up on the cruise, and they always end up saying something to the dizzers in the beginning of the cruise with the welcome uh, thing they do in the auditorium. They always, you know, how many people do we have here from disboards.com, which I think is pretty cool. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad you had a good showing for it. I'm glad you guys had a good time. And uh, thanks very much for calling in. Appreciate it. Thanks for clearing up the toll thing. Yeah, exactly. We had a lot of people write in and tell us about that. That makes sense, though, that they pulled the, they pulled, they probably pulled the one at, uh, um, I guess, at Eatontown. Yeah, I think Eatontown is gone. One of the things that we noticed was we were the one we were always getting on and off at the one that was very expensive, Cape May County or Cape May. So that's why we were saying it was so high. But I guess it all balances out. Yeah, it comes out in the wash. All right, who else has a uh, an email? Corey, I have one from Jordan Carter from Phoenix, Arizona. He writes, "I was told that in Rock and Roller Coaster, each car has its own song that plays. Is it true? Yes, that is true. There are about a total of." nine different songs that are divided up between all five of the cars and depending on what car you get in that's uh that's what song that plays there's some of the songs they have sweet emotion uh loving an elevator walk this way dude looks like a lady cabaret (laughs) that heart music my theme song yeah wrong bank (laughs) pig dude or something (laughs) (laughs) there you go yeah, so that um, they do play different songs in each car. Pretty cool, though. Jordan could be a girl, so that is say he favorite. or she. He or she. Okay, that's true. <laughs> Shim. It's Just my favorite case. ride. I didn't realize they were all different per car. I just thought it was sort of a random mix. I just thought it was random depending on when the launch went off. They played something. No, like each car has their own um, license plate, and they're kind of you can tell which song is going to play. Like, mm-hmm. for example, "Sweet Emotion" plays in the "Too Fast for You" car. So, if you see the license plate that says "Too Fast for You," that's "Sweet Emotion." Oh, cool. So they can all they can all change depending on what car you're in. Loving an elevator. All right, thanks very much for that. Uh, Will, do you have one? I do. This one's from Kathleen Moeller. Doesn't say where she's from, but uh, just recently learned you can check the days on your tickets here. And here is the info. The number to call and check the number. Wait a minute. Let me redo this. I'll give you a quick explanation. When people buy a ticket, it has a certain number of days on it. And if you buy the no expiration option, there's days left on your ticket. A big complaint people had was the only way you can check how many days were left is if you went to Disney World and ran it through their machine. But now you can call this now number. Now she found a number that where she can call. And also, when you tell who it's from, if you read the last line, people are going to know her by her but yeah, she's a poster on the Diz boards. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, this one comes from uh, Tink Butt on the boards. Kathleen Kathleen Muller. Uh, just recently learned that you can check your uh, the days that your tickets are good for. Uh, there's a number to call in Disney. That's four zero seven five six six four nine eight five. Press option two. They're open Monday through Saturday, and they will only check three tickets for you at a time. So this is checked to see how many days are, are remaining. On a park hopper. On a park hopper. Right. get the no expiration option. This is new. This is brand new information. This is something we never knew before. Or I don't even know if they even did this before. 
um, all those people who were complaining that you had to go to Disney to find out how many days you had left. If you follow the thread on the boards, though, they're saying some interesting stuff. They're asking people where they purchased their tickets. They're asking where, what hotel you last stayed in on your last visit. Mm. What I think they're trying to do is they're trying to verify whether these are actually your tickets or if you've bought them off eBay. Wow. Now, some things to keep in mind. If you've just bought a regular ticket and it's not on your Key to the World card, there's no way for Disney to know where right. you stayed last. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, this is a good good question for someone who, who might have this information. I don't think the cards are encoded with where they're purchased. I've never heard of that before. So if you if you purchase it through a third-party vendor... They very well could be. I mean, there's, be, there's yeah. no reason that they couldn't hmm. encode the card with that information when yeah. they when they issue it. So and somehow within the number on the card, it says or just on the stripe. Yeah. What, it, what, it, what it, you know? You run the stripe. That's good that they're doing this. No, you you know they had a lot of people show up thinking they had like four days on their ticket, right. And they go to the front gate, and then you then to- you have the poor soul behind guest services, <laughs> you know, being cursed at. Do you ever go to guest services any location? There's always someone yeah. with a stack of tickets, and it's one day here. I hear stories there. all the time. Do you ever get <laughs> behind somebody in line who has the little packet of tickets with the rubber band around it, and they're looking for one that still has days on it? <laughs> oh, God. Really? You've never been behind no, it? No, oh, I think I to myself, just that. push them right through the turnstile. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to get all they, they can out of that ticket that they right. spend a lot of money on. You can't they want people them. to help. You know, They're looking for ways to make people's planning easier. This is ways to make planning easier. This yeah, great, absolutely. Great it's a great addition. About time they did it. Cool. Well, thanks very much for that, uh, Will and Tinkbutt, for the information. And our next voicemail comes to us from Allison, who has questions about the Disney Marathon. So here is Allison. Hi, everyone. This is Allison from Washington, D.C., also known as Allison in Wonderland on the boards. I'm wondering how the marathon in January affects the park crowds. We're planning on being in the Magic Kingdom for one day with our two-year-old twins and was wondering if we'll run into a lot of closures and attraction lines. Since we can be flexible with our vacation, should we plan for another weekend in January? Also, I've heard that January brings large Brazilian crowds. How does this affect the crowds and weights at the Magic Kingdom? Thanks so much for everything. Well, thanks very much, Allison. Um, as far as Brazilian tour groups in January, um, I've never heard that January was a, a big month for them. I know summertime is a big is a big mm-hmm. period for that. We used to call it Brazil Beach when they used to come. They oh, used really? To fill the place. Well, in January, really and truly, you don't just don't have a lot of crowds in general. Uh, it's probably. Especially now with September getting you know so big with free dining and all the other promotions they tend to run in, in September, January is really becoming January is like the new September now in terms of crowds. It's a lot slower. Temperature's really nice. So I don't think even if there are you know big Brazilian tour groups, I don't think it's going to have a huge impact. I don't think the marathon's going to impact. Yeah, I was going to say that too. That ba- that badly on the any of the parks. Uh, we noticed a lot of people in downtown Disney the night of mar- the marathon, right? But I don't think it'll affect the, the the parks or the lines. And I'm not sure what she means about closures because of the marathon. I've never run into a closure. She asked about closure in uh, queue lines. Has anybody else noticed that? No, no. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't affect yeah. any of that. I mean, they do run through the parks early in the morning, I think, but it's usually Epcot they run through. Yeah, and they're not going to let something like that interrupt the operation uh, inside the theme parks. They'll be. They'll be. They'll put real, real heavy limits on that. Now there, there might be rehabs in 
the winter months, September. That's a big time for right. or, I'm sorry, January and the beginning of February. That's a good the, one of the times that they rehab. They usually rehab a water park, and some of the attractions will be closed. If uh, Corey usually does the rehabs when they're going to happen, and they're posted on the Diz, so you should be able to see in advance what's going to be closed while you're here. I hope that answers your question, Allison. But also understand that. You know, there are some of us at this table that hear the word marathon and we run, but run away. (laughs) So, all right, who else has one they want to read? Uh, This is from Mark. He doesn't say where he's from, but it's titled Magical Moment. Hi, I just want to tell you a magical moment we had at Disneyland a couple of weeks ago. We had a small family reunion. My dad, stepmom, myself, my two sons, uncle, aunt, and one cousin. I ironed on t-shirts for us with Robinson Reunion and the Fab Five characters on them. While we were watching the Pixar Play Parade, one of the stilt-walking chefs from Ratatouille came up to us and said, Hi, Robinsons. He looked over at the people just down from us and shouted, Hey, I just met the Robinsons. <laughs> I never even thought of the connection before, and the t-shirts, I should have put the Robinsons characters on them. It would have been great. Better luck next time. Just wanted to share. Have a great day. Glad you're back. I thought that was cute. That was cute. Cute story. Anytime you do anything that... Put your name or anything like that out, like the birthday buttons and stuff like that. But just the fact that their name is Robinson, you know, just I thought that was really cool. Probably made it really exciting for the two sons. Cool. Well, thank you, Mrs. Martin. John? I have another one. It is from Kevin, a.k.a. Mozart, on the Diz. Recently, my wife and I paid off our house in South Carolina. One of the things that we've promised ourselves is that we're going to retire to the Central Florida area with Orlando being our preference. As a result, we're currently considering the possibility of purchasing a second home in the area now and retiring to it later. For those listeners who are considering making a move like this, we are wondering what parts of the Orlando area the podcast team would recommend for affordable but nice housing. My brother lives in the Highland Park area, and he's insistent that we have to buy downtown, but we really think that's higher than we want to pay, especially considering that it's a second home. Any suggestions about areas would we should look into? We'll be scouting out areas on our next visit and want to get all the suggestions we can. Thanks for the help. Well, honestly, in my opinion, um, unless you're a young urban couple, uh, I don't see there really is no sense of moving downtown. It's a very young atmosphere, which is great. I'm not, it's not knocking it at all. Or but, if you're going to be working and you right, want to... Right, you, exactly. If you're working downtown and, and you want to be close by. Beyond that, I mean... Now, I live about five minutes outside of downtown. Um, close enough I can get there whenever I need to, but far enough away that I don't have to hear the bars getting out at 2 o'clock in the morning either. Um, and the prices, I mean, the home prices here have been... Well, in my area, they've been on the steady side. I have to be honest and knock wood, but we've, we've been on the steady side. But in a lot of places around Orlando now, you see these prices are dropping like a rock. I follow the real estate market very closely now, and uh, Orlando is second in foreclosures in the country. Florida is second in foreclosures in the country, and Orlando is very high up there. Miami, I think, is like number one in the state. So we definitely are seeing the effects of the housing market. If you're going to buy and you have the means to do so and it's not going to strap you or your family, this is definitely the time to consider buying that house. Um, I don't want to get into any kind of speculation, but we're hearing that uh, if the government is going to step in and help people, we're going to see now home prices come back. 
and less of the of the rock bottom prices. So if you're really looking to do that, this is the time to do so. Um, I would suggest trying to get a real estate agent in this area who knows the area. Ask about things like bank-owned properties, uh, pre-foreclosure properties, things like that. Uh, I agree with Pete. I don't see any reason to own downtown, if, especially if you're a Disney fan. Housing prices downtown tend to be high yeah. also because people want to be close to the business center. Exactly. Orlando, is. it's very difficult to give people direction here because Orlando itself is not a large city, the city center itself. However, Orlando is a bunch of little suburb slash towns surrounding the city center. Right. Um, you live in Orlando. We live in a suburb of Orlando, and it takes us an hour and 15 minutes to get from our house to Pete's house. However, we're probably the same distance to Disney. Right. right. It, uh, it takes you how long to get to property? 15 minutes. Yeah, 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. No, it traffic. takes us longer than that. Yeah. No, I, I can get down. I can be on property in 25 minutes. Taking yes. the greenway. What do you drive that NASCAR? If you go down and get on the greenway. The greenway? What is it? The, the four? The, what is it, the four seventeen? The beach line. Uh, no, we don't take the four seventeen. Well, the beach line's closer for us. Oh, the four seventeen. Four seventeen goes right into Disney property. It's a straight line. Yeah, I mean, it it you, you, it, it uh, lets you off at uh, on I four. You're only a couple of exits from uh, from Lake Buena Vista. From there, I I'm down there in twenty twenty oh, routinely unless there's unless there's traffic on I four. Um, I'm down there in 25 minutes. I would suggest the the Winter Garden area. It's a it's a popular area. They're building a lot of new houses over there. Yeah, but Winter Garden's a little out, a little far. It's close to Disney. And again, you got you know what is going to be important to you if you're important to you to get to Disney. All you have to do is go out from the Disney area. Uh, Hunters Creek is a very popular community. Again, because of all the services that are there, it's, as John said, you're going to have to decide what's popular or what's important to excuse me. And it sounds to me like if you're looking for a place to retire, school districts might not be an issue. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hunters Creek, uh, the Dr. Phillips area, these are known to have better schools. Better right, schools. but if you're looking for reasonably priced houses, Hunters Creek and Dr. Well, Phillips are probably going. not a good idea. Right, that's the way I was going. Because the school districts supposedly are so good, you're going to find higher prices there. So, also, depending on your age, there's uh, 55 and over communities. If this is something that appeals to you, um, they limit, they, they restrict the uh, families with kids or the numbers of kids who can stay there. But because of that, there's no school in the area, so taxes tend to be a little less. So these are things you can look into, too. There's out by Claremont, there's one. There's the Villages is one of the largest. The other thing to keep in mind is if you're looking to make this a vacation home, as opposed to be living here full-time, you might want to look into something like a condo or a townhouse where there's a homeowner's association that will take care of your lawn and all outside maintenance. Right. There are plenty of those available. Right. Oh, yeah. And again, you know, you're looking at a complete buyer's market here in Florida. You're going to do well, but, you know, as long as you can afford it and it's not going to cause you any trouble, start looking. And be prepared for house guests. Oh, yeah. They come out of the woodwork once you buy a house in Orlando. You have relatives you didn't know you had. Well, I hope that helps. We have uh, one final voicemail coming to us from our friend David Parfit in Rochester, New York, who has a challenge for me. So here's David. Hello, podcast crew. This is David Parfit calling from Rochester, New York. I'm Mouse Skywalker on the boards. This message is 
to Pete. Pete, I wanted to issue a challenge for you. You've mentioned a couple times on the podcast that you're interested in losing weight before the podcast cruise. You're going to a personal trainer and trying to shed 50 pounds. My challenge to you is to come... Well, actually, David, it's more like 60, but thanks for bringing it up. Come join us on the wishboards. And specifically, come join us on the wishboards and maybe try signing up for a half marathon. Okay, you're just plain funny. <laughs> okay. So I'm challenging you to run the Walt Disney World half marathon. Okay, dude, I can't run across my house. Okay. <laughs> Wants me to run a half marathon. In 2009, on Saturday, January 10th, that event actually, uh, registration is closed, but there are still a couple of ways that you could get entry into the race. Or what may be even more appropriate is the inaugural 2009 Princess Half Marathon on Sunday. Okay, where is he going with that? <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> What do I have to? I have to like dress up like Cinderella. Get boutiqued first. I have to get boutiqued first and then run. I told you, fat in a femme. Yeah. <laughs> One email. Yeah. All right, David. All right. Let's hear the rest of it. March eighth. We have all types. We take everybody on the Wish Racing Team. We have walkers, runners, people that have uh, just completed their first half marathon or marathon, people that have done numerous marathons. And why I wanted to throw this challenge out to you is actually it's the WISH team that got me moving and got me running. I started in January 2006, completed my first marathon in January 2007 at Walt Disney World, and I couldn't have done it without the WISH team. Um, when I started running, I had not run for many, many years. And over the course of the two years that I've been with the WISH team and been competing, um, I've actually been able to lose over 40 pounds, um, and I'm hoping to lose close to 50 pounds. So it's a great way to give you some accountability, uh, to keep you going, to keep you moving, to keep you exercising. It's a great family atmosphere over there, and we'd love to have you. So that's my challenge to you, Pete, and uh, hope you take us up on it. Hmm. Are you gonna do it? Pete's considering it. Well, look, you know, here, here's a, here's a situation I'm in. Um, Walter and I just started working with a, a personal trainer not too far from here. As a matter of fact, before we recorded today's show, uh, that's where we were. And uh, it's uh, this. Is, I mean, and for me, this is a process I build up to. Um, I don't go into this gung ho. It's something I know I need to do. I know I need to, you know, change, you know, my eating habits. I know I need to change my sleeping habits, my work habits. You know, basically, this is all about just, you know, losing weight is very simple. You just need to change everything about your life completely forever, <laughs> you know. Um, but so I'm just kind of gearing up. The thought of, of, of doing a marathon or anything like that is just completely out of the question for me right now. I just can't envision. Well, first of all, I just, I, uh, me running, uh, really, uh, very funny. That would be very, very funny to watch. Um, you have a I, I, treadmill I, I, in your bedroom. I walk. I don't run. <laughs> and that's and in I'm, private. And um, also, yeah, I don't need, you know, it's in private, so I really don't need to carry an oxygen tank behind me. That's what you'd see. You'd see, you know, in the princess run, I guess I'd be dolled up as a princess t tagging an, uh, an oxygen tank along uh, in tow. 
McDavid is one of the gentlemen who won by writing a restaurant review. And he's going to be joining me in July, and we're going to do a restaurant review. I wonder if he'll know if we switch out Will. And make Will go. <laughs> this is going to be good, though. It means he's skinny. He won't eat a lot. I'll save some money. I'll save you some money. <laughs> it's it, you know, look, I, I and I love I love the wishboards. The wishboards have the wishboard has been there for well almost since the beginning. Um, I mean, very early on in the history of the site, the wishboard went up and has helped an awful lot of people lose an awful lot of weight and get get healthy. Um, will I take you up on your challenge? Not yet, but that doesn't mean I won't change my mind. It's a um, process, right? Like it's a said, process. And, you know, I don't want to, and I really don't want to overwhelm myself. I really don't. I don't want to overwhelm myself with I've got to do this or I've got to do that. Um, you know, this is a lot. I really do need to make a lifestyle change, so I don't want to approach it as, you know, something as simple as painting a room or just some act I have to do and then it's done. Does that help you lose weight? Um, <laughs> what? Painting. I'm using it as an analogy. Oh. Um, but, you know, for me right now, that's, you know, kind of how I want to handle it. Just baby steps. So, like, marathons. You start talking to me about marathons, I get all spooked. The thought. <laughs> Come on, it would be funny. Seeing my fat carcass trying to run a marathon. I have to attach, like, Twinkies to the it. guy in front of me. <laughs> or a piece of electronic equipment. Yeah. 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 I'm going to get it. <laughs> Pete, you want that new mixing board? Come on. Come on. Yeah, really. So, no, I appreciate it, David. And like I said, I'll uh, I'll think about it and let you know if I decide to take you up on your challenge. But uh, maybe I should challenge you to, like, a McDonald's eat-off or something. <laughs> <laughs> I challenge you to raise your cholesterol. <laughs> raise your cholesterol 500 <laughs> points in 20 minutes. Go! <laughs> so. And that'll do it for our show this week, folks. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks to all of you who called in. Thanks to all of you who sent us emails. We appreciate it. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Have a great week, everybody.